You're listening to the Driven by Design Now Awards podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is Kirsten Mann. Hey, Mark, how are you? Kirsten, I'm magnificent. Now, I believe you've been travelling. I have. I was in Stockholm for leading the product and then had some holidays. But more importantly, you haven't been travelling, and that's something that's a bit different. Yeah, I haven't. And um, listeners, I had a serious bicycle accident um, about four or five weeks ago. Um, three fractures, t- you know, stitches, lots of sore parts all over my body. Great news is that I'm recovering. Actually, in about two weeks, I'm back out on the road again, so I'll be going and visiting everybody. But um, the most important thing is I'm here because I was wearing a helmet. Now, of course, at this point, everybody say, what was the helmet? <laughs> actually, Kirsten, it's irrelevant which helmet. It's actually any helmet that meets the standards would have saved my life. And that's the important thing. You know, Australia's got laws that actually require you to wear helmets. Many countries don't. I exist in countries that they don't require it, and I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So because I had a helmet, it was a very... It wasn't a car. It was actually a failure on my bike. I went headfirst down into the road, hit just above the temple on my right eye, and then the rest of my body followed, and that's why all the damage um, happened. But at 30 kilometres hitting the ground with your head, you die. So there is an example of an innovation that's been pretty important for you. (laughs) It is, and and actually, Kirsten, so our theme this week is all about innovation. We've got five projects that we've pulled out of the 25 projects that uh, that we're awarding this month. These are really exciting projects, so I I actually want to jump straight in. Okay, so let's go straight into them because the first one here, which is the Followgram. I've been loving this for a while now, right? Now, in... We see um, ARVR, there's been a lot of silly applications that are kind of related Come to... Come on, it. silly? That's been so subjective. Shoot them up games that, yeah, you know, or you've got to go get the cow in the fence by pinching. That's not a silly know, game. Th- probably in the construction industry, it's the one area where it's kind of starting to show progress in this space. And we've done, we've done an app with this as well. But this one also that's produced by Fologram, and what it is, is essentially it's using... Um, AR to lay bricks. Amazing. To lay bricks. (laughs) Did that sound exciting? Well, actually, (laughs) this is if you follow Driven by Design on Instagram, you will have noticed that we've been putting up a bit more brick love. I personally, I I wasn't a big fan of bricks. And since we started to look at this project, I've been going out and doing some uh, brick appreciation in there. It is fascinating. And this is one of those ones to really, you know, the awards are always interesting to jump onto the side and have a look at. But this is one where you really need to see the video to really see how they've applied this technology. And it's fascinating that basically people are taking designs that are incredibly complex and wouldn't really be possible easily before and are laying them out incredibly quickly at cheaper cost, and they look amazing. And and there's a great first-person story that's mm. been told by one of the bricklayers, and he's fascinated because work that would have taken him several weeks and may have had a higher error rate because of the, the time to take, he was so much more satisfied with the work and he completed it in a very short period of time. I think it was something like the day, a day that he went and actually finished the work rather than taking multiple weeks. It's fascinating. So, and this is so this is new innovation in design of how you can do design and architecture, but also training. 
Like I think there's some really incredible applications for this that it shows what you could do because the example in the video talks about how he can train people really quickly with something like this. So fantastic example. Where are we going to next? Look, I think we should be going into the Volkswagen world. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what a natural connection. <laughs> now, Volkswagen have brought in multiple times into the market innovative products which are actually all about delight and recreational fun. It's all about, it's a sense of fun. Right? So let's go into the Beetle. You know, they managed to turn Beetle into the Herbie Love Bug. Yeah, they the, had the Camper combi, Van, was the, the Combi, combi Van, yeah, yeah. they had there. But they also, in the past, they've had a June Buggy, and now they've actually got an electric June Buggy, which is called the ID Buggy. Now, this looks incredibly cool. Like, if you'd want to, it looks like it's the type of thing that you go out onto the sand dunes and run around on. There, there is, you know, it's either a soda pop commercial <laughs> yeah. or it's a scene out of Zoolander's remake. Like, this is the type of thing that people are having a really fun time are going to be in. But what the difference is, it, this whole concept isn't about just producing a buggy, is it? Not at all. So, Volkswagen have gone and they've gone and made a platform, and the buggy is then a fibreglass shell on top of that platform. So, really, all they've done here... Is they've kind of, so what you're saying is they've kind of produced this platform and shown the buggy is an example of what you could create with the platform. So let's help the listeners. The platform is a two by two electric drive um, chain mm -hmm. on a chassis. It's got the minimum amount of sensors there. So if Kirst and I wanted to go out and say we want to make an electric vehicle that has a, um, a coffee machine on top of it, we can go buy this platform from... Volkswagen, and then we can turn around and fit out our own coffee machine on there. They've be created it. So they have gone and created an ecosystem. They have, and which now means that people can actually put their innovation on top of the Volkswagen innovation that's there. And at the same time, they've made a limited number of these cars. They're going to be collector's editions all over the world, and they just look like fun. I, I think it's fantastic. So what, what's our next project, Kirsten? Well, this is, I, by the name, should kind of give it away. The C-Bin. What does the that say when I say that to you? So I'm imagining a C-Bin, because I've seen the video, <laughs> is, a, is a device that is probably going to be sitting inside either a river or a marina, and that it passively sits there with the, with the wave motion that's in the marina, or in the river, and it's actually skimming off the rubbish that's, that's there without any motors, without anything else. It's just using the natural environment. And it's helping to go clean up these turdish backwaters that actually need to be um, need to be dealt with. It's magnificent. Well, and this is the thing. It's one of these things where unless you were connected with that problem, you wouldn't really be thinking about possible solutions. So two surfers were in that kind of environment and seeing the waste in the water and everything, and it was kind of disturbing to them. And they believed in this problem so much, they quit their jobs and came up with this product. Now, hang I on, I, I do need to just have a... <laughs> what the hell are surfers doing in a marina? That's what well, I, I think they were doing the surfing in their spare time. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. And, okay, because <laughs> so, they're, they're not very good surfers if they're in a marina. <laughs> it's all Melbourne's got, isn't it? Uh, okay. <laughs> Unless you go down to... Oh, no, we always associate Point Break, right? But... It's, I think what's really exciting here is that these guys have seen, it shows if you've got a passion to solve a problem and innovate, yeah. what's possible. And, and so their care for clean seas has led them to go solve a problem that was manageable. Mm -hmm. And they saw that the manageable problem that they could go put innovation into was how do we go clean up marinas? An awesome innovation. And, and I think like the other projects that we've seen, that where these aren't derivative. 
these are somebody taking a totally different leap and doing something amazing. It's really a redefinition right here, right? So now I think we're off to Hudson Yards in New York. One of your favourite places. So, it? listeners, I'm going to tell you a little story about Hudson Yards here because... Which it, was a brownfield site. It was a brownfield <laughs> site, yes. And, and uh, as a brownfield site... I want to go back to 2008. New York's actually um, been hit pretty hard by the GFC and that there's this very large site in New York that needs something to be done with it. And, and there was a conversation about let's go and make sure that there's a universal arts and culture facility on this site as well as some property development that takes place. So then we turn around and we get to 2019. So that's a, it's 11 years later. And we're seeing a building here which is actually that original vision of a facility for all people in New York, not just the people who are residents in the Hudson Yard or working in the Hudson Yard, but everybody can go look at it. You know, we know Madison Square Garden is such an asset in New York. This is now another arts and, and culture asset that's been put in the shed. An astounding bit of engineering, an astounding bit of staging innovation well, and, it's, and I think that's the thing, right? Like it's it's actually a cultural building, and it's all about, as you said, that it's for visual and performing arts. So, and, and what they've recognised is that shouldn't be locked to one environment; that it should be able to be fluid depending on what the performance is. And so, what they've created is this twelve-foot fly loft thing that essentially recreates or reflexes itself based on what's required for the performance. And that's astounding because it's really, it's the architecture as infrastructure, I think, is one of their catchphrases. Yeah. And it's exactly that. Like, it's completely fluid. And how often do you see that in architecture? So, listeners, I used to build theatres. Um, I've been heavily involved in this area. And David Ruckwell, who, um, who was one of the consulting um, designers on it, David goes and talks about the this almost being like a festival space. Mm -hmm. And what happens with a festival is that you go take... A, just a, an empty site and then you go build the stage in whatever configuration that you need for that event. New York's got some weather challenges for a large amount of the year you couldn't have a festival, an outdoor festival stage, so they've gone and created this massive canopy which has tremendous hanging space for rigging, mm -hmm. which then means there's a range of uses that you can have. It also, it folds in so that it actually doesn't take up all of the public space when it's not being used. It really is a project you have to go and have a look and, at. And they've worked out how to control still temperature, sound and light. So it's not as if it's just this thing that's hanging there. They've also thought of all the elements you need to provide a production as well. Totally reconfigurable, totally amazing and totally innovative. It, completely. And Kirsten, what's our, what's our final project? Well, and of course, I think we saved the best for last, right? Because this has kind of hit, ticked all my boxes. We've got a fire and marine insurance company here. And they're dealing with a problem. Now, in South Korea, there's 10,000 residential fires every year. And yet every home doesn't have a fire extinguisher. But why do you think that might be? Well, people are sometimes just complacent. You know, yeah. A little bit like people who don't want to wear bike helmets. Yeah. They don't want to have a fire extinguisher. And, and it won't they're not happen attractive. To me. They kind of, you know, they're ugly, they're bulky, they sit out. So they're very these... masculine, aren't they? <laughs> And then half of them, I think if they had them, they wouldn't know how to use them, right? So what they've kind of said, okay, how do we address this problem? And what they've done is something that would be the complete opposite of what you expect for a fire insurance company. They've gone and created a vase. Now, 
Listen, so the reason it's a vase is because that's the shape that they decided would be useful to sit on people's table. Mm -hmm. And if they can get it on the table in, in the eating area or in the main part of the house, it means then that somebody's got it ready at hand. Because the fires are mainly occurring in the kitchen where they're cooking with oil, hot oils and things like yeah. that, right? And so, yeah, they've basically gone and created this attractive piece of art in some ways that people will put in the middle of their table and it's the fire vase by Samsung. And so what's really astonishing with this is it's something that would be able to be readily accessible, would address the problem and you've kind of done it. I think they did initial um, rollout of these and now they've actually realised the effectiveness yeah. and given them away basically because they've seen the decrease in their premium. So, yeah, and I think it's one of those interesting things. It was done as a marketing campaign to create awareness mm. and now it's actually gone to utility. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's fantastic. It's We're extraordinary. A, a device is able to communicate so clearly to people. So... It looks after the family because it's actually helping to keep the family safe. It's looking after the economic interests of the insurance company. It is a brilliant piece of innovative thinking. And, you know, when we see projects coming through like this, it's so important to be highlighting how organisations who are driven by design are able to go and bring those outcomes to the bottom line and also to their customers. It's a fantastic example of innovation and I think it's a great one to finish with. So, listeners, thank you for listening to the Now Awards podcast. Please take a listen to what we've uh, already recorded from um, the uh, previous design ones. of the boardroom yeah. and the previous <laughs> ones. Kirsten, thank you for, for doing another podcast thank with us. Thank you for having me as always. Listeners, as we always say, be driven by design and we'll catch you next month for the next Now Awards podcast.